was thinking this week. If you were born in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, how rapidly the world has changed. You would never hear, even 20 years ago, about entire computer systems being held ransom. And yet, the city of Atlanta right now finds itself in a very difficult situation. The city of Atlanta was warned that their systems were vulnerable, but they didn't act on those changes. And now, hackers have broken in and put a wall of encryption on the city of Atlanta's computer systems. They have a clock running before these systems will be completely erased with no recoverable data. The city is still not sure if they're going to pay the $50,000 ransom. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about ransoms, I generally think about movies like Proof of Life that involve bad people doing bad things where the only hope is the good people, the innocent people, doing what? Paying a ransom. Now, amid all of the teachings in the book of Leviticus, we find this most curious verse. In Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. Now, that phrase, makes atonement for your souls, in the Hebrew, only shows up two other times in the Old Testament. Once in Exodus... And once in Numbers, and listen to what it, uh, how it gets translated in Numbers 31, verse 50. And we have brought the Lord's offering. What each man found, articles of gold, armlets and bracelets, signet rings, earrings and beads to make atonement for ourselves before the Lord. See, here's, here's the thing. The phrase, make atonement for your sins, seems to carry with it all of the force of paying a ransom. Now, you and I need to talk for just a minute because when we think about paying a ransom, we think about what's happening in Atlanta right now with people. Do they, do they pay the extortionists to unlock their computers? Or we possibly think about people who have done a, a horrendous thing like a kidnapping. Do we pay the kidnappers the extortion money that they are calling for in order to get the ransom paid? But that's not the way that it worked in the ancient Near East. I'll give you an example. One commentator writes in his commentary on 
Leviticus this. If the owner of a dangerous ox knows that it's dangerous, but fails to guard it, and it kills someone, the owner is held responsible and sentenced to death. The owner can escape this penalty of death only through one way. The victim's family can choose to allow the owner to pay a ransom in place of dying. So, the guilty owner pays a ransom to the innocent family. But, and this is the crucial part, the innocent party is not obliged to allow this for the guilty one. To do so is an act of mercy and grace. Now, I want you to I want you to think about this for just a minute. This picture of ransom is at the heart of the sacrifices that make atonement. God is not obliged to make a way for our wrongs to be forgiven. He chooses to because he is a God rich in mercy and grace. And he does so by allowing an innocent life to substitute for a guilty one and in this way ransom us from the penalty that we deserve. When Jesus said, it is finished, in verse 30 of chapter 19, the underlying Greek phrase that's used there, tetelestai, This is business language. This is transactional language. This is contract language. When Jesus said, it is finished, you could translate it just as easily, paid in full. What was paid in full? The ransom was paid in full. The innocent God was receiving the ransom from His Son, Jesus, who took upon Himself all of the guilt that was yours and mine and everyone else who has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, For our sake He made Him who to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, the righteous one, has become the acceptable offering, the propitiation, the substitute to a good and gracious God who has made a way. We were made to live. We were imprisoned in sin. Upon a life could not live. Upon a death, I deserved to die. On another's life and another's death, I stake my whole 
eternity. Beloved, before we see the cross of Christ as something done for us, tonight, I want us to experience the weight of the cross as something done by us. Jesus was the innocent one. And yet, for your sake and mine, became the guilty one. You and I, we were the, we were the guilty ones. We were the ones who in thought and word and deed, both by what we have done and by what we have left undone, we are the ones who had dishonored the holy name of God, who had broken His decrees, who had broken His laws, had alienated ourselves from Him and deserved the penalty that was just and right and due to us. But God, being rich and mercy but also just made the way for a ransom to be paid. Outside of God's abundant, rich, saving mercy, we would have died permanently, totally, and forever separated from God. But for our life, Jesus bled for our sin, Jesus died. For our ransom, Jesus offered himself as, a, as blood on the altar. For our penalty, Jesus offered himself. Tonight, see the See the sin for what it see sin for what it is in its totality, its brutality. Just because you're not as bad as the one whose sin outwardly manifests itself in heinous ways, don't minimize the cross for yourself. Jesus said, anyone who is angry with his brother has murdered them in his heart. But the gospel, the gospel doesn't stop at us being undone by the weight of sin. We might be burdened, but Jesus was crushed. We might feel guilt, but he was made guilt. We might feel conviction, but he was convicted for you and for me. You might be tempted like Judas was to take the money bag and throw it back. But you can't, can you? 
You need Jesus to take it all. All your stuff. All your guilt. All your shame. And he bears it. He bears it not to make the Father love you. He bears it because the Father loves you and because he loves you. So you see your Savior, you see him on the tree and you weep and it's okay to do that. But don't stop there. See him on the cross and know that this is love. That He would lay down his life for you because you were helpless and hopeless apart from him doing it. See the cost of sin. Don't fall into the trap of cheapening grace. See the Son. He became your sin. He became your substitute. He became your sacrifice. He is your Savior. The ransom is paid. It is finished.